Oh, ladies and gentlemen, yes, it is the voice that has been away for a while while Mark was holding the fort down with wrestlers with experience. It is your host, Dietrich Davis, and one half of the most illustrious tag team in the universe. That would be me, Dietrich Davis, and my tag team partner, Mark Morrell, who covers everything international and when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, is doing what he does best and gathering that information and covering it. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Today's episode is going to point out something that a lot of you wrestling fans just don't know. That a lot of you wrestling fans don't even give credit to. See, I understand how your minds work. You guys sit up there and you get upset because something doesn't match the old days. Because you have a hard time accepting what's new. You guys take everything that you see in that ring for face value when it isn't. You guys form an opinion and don't have a fact. You know enough information to think that you're right, but not enough information to know that you're dead fucking wrong. If I'm coming out the gate strong in this first minute of the show, it is because establishing dominance is something that you have to do immediately and directly. I'm not going to sit here and be your old Uncle Dave, and I'm not going to sit here and give you lies and bullshit and entertain the masses with shit that is unconceivably nothing to do with me. I care nothing about your fandom. I care nothing about what you think Dave Meltzer have to say and Sean Ross Sap and so on and so on and so on. Sometimes I like to sit back and watch the wrestling world be wrong. And even though you may sound crazy for speaking the truth when I say you speaking as I myself in a third person, they tend not to give you the credit you deserve. And as I'm thinking this through, I had to realize I got to put some respect on one promoter slash performer slash wrestler's name today. And this hasn't been talked about publicly ever. So allow me to be one of the first. But we're going to put some respect on Jeff Jarrett's name today. See, whether you like it or not, Jeff Jarrett has changed the face of professional wrestling and gets no credit for it. You're going to hear me mention in this podcast how even the WWE had to beat him in a race to stop him from moving wrestling forward on an international scale. Again, men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't. And when you begin to look at the numbers of double E, double J, double J, double E, double F. When you begin to look at the numbers of Jeff fucking Jarrett. You begin to learn that Jeff Jarrett is a fucking problem. But can you acknowledge that? 
can you own that? Can you get past your own, and I want to say this respectfully, but can you get past your own ego and understand that Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, to me, should be the most respected man in the business of professional wrestling right next to the name of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And Jeffrey Lenard Jarrett is no stranger. He is a third, he is a second or I believe third generation superstar. He has children and he has children. They have not entered the business, but he has children. He is currently an agent for WWE. He wasn't one of Jim Ross's boys. He helped make China become the knife motherfucking wonder of the world. Jeff Jarrett accolades. He was the first six-time Intercontinental Champion. He was one of the only people who wore the National Wrestling Alliance Championship on WWE TV. He had tag team championship reigns with Owen Hart. He was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He created TNA, Total Non-Stop Action. He put companies on a global scale that wasn't on global scales before. Let's not get it twisted. So what do you do with someone like Jeff Jarrett? This episode is about me giving Jeff Jarrett his roses. This is the episode where I say, Mr. Jarrett, thank you so much for what you did for the business of professional wrestling. See, if it wasn't for Jeff Jarrett, see, there's a little company that a lot of you guys like to go, go to called Fight TV. And Fight TV used to be flips. <laughs> We're going back. It's television history. Ran out of New York City. Not out of New York State. Ran out of upstate New York. Excuse me. And flips because of Jeff Jarrett. Ends up becoming Fight TV. But you don't know that. You wouldn't have the testicular emo the emotional testicular fortitude to even take the time to learn how that happened. We're not going to talk about TNA. We know about TNA. We're not talking about him putting the NWA championship belt back on the map, championship back on the map. That's not our conversation for today. See, he gets roses for that. He's the only person to say, fuck it. Would you... I'll get fired on TV and start my own company because the pay-per-view game is where it's at. And even though that failed horribly, he set up a blueprint for a company called Flips, which then becomes Fight TV. And a man named Gato from New Japan gives a man named Jeffrey, Jeffrey Leonard Jarrett a call, a.k.a. Jeff Jarrett. And he goes, Jeff, my company is huge in Japan. But the moment I leave the borders of my nation, nobody knows but a few fucking knuckleheads. There are people who in wrestling who are aware of New Japan and my IWG and my International Grand Prix Championship. But no one knows about New Japan that needs to know about it. And Jeff Jarrett sits back and go, well, I think I can do something for you. 
and Jeff ba- Jeff Jarrett sits back and he produces a show. And the name of that show is called Wrestle Kingdom Nine. There's going to be a lot of people after this episode who are going to front like they already knew that. And I'm going to call them a mother fucking lie. January 4th, 2014, Jeff Jarrett produces a very unique Wrestle Kingdom 9. It is the first time ever that Wrestle Kingdom is on pay-per-view. This event was a partnership with Global Force Wrestling because Global Force Wrestling had the pay-per-view agreement. And they would and they were and it was using it through flips. And flips and New Japan come together via through partnership of Global Force Wrestling. And the flips company says, we'll produce this pay-per-view live. Now, if you don't know who flips in 2012, flips is a company, was launched as a company called iMedia Share. Now, I have been watching this company for a long time because I knew this was going to be the beginning of pay-per-view via apps, pay-per-view via iOS and Android systems. See, if you know me, I work in film and television for a very long time, and my job is to see the future of film and television. My job is to see the future of how media is going to work. And the company Flips, which was formerly iMediaShare, they were a company that knew how to perform applicational transform applicational transformable media playback i.e you can watch something through an app and pay for it now this had been done through tube sites and youtube and this that and the other and blah 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 but these guys these guys figured out a formula but they needed something for it to work and you got to remember, let's give a little bit, let's throw the roses just before it became Fight TV Flips. It was a startup department, and it was launched to a company called Launch Hub. All these companies were coming together in 2012. And in 2015, once they learned the formula, Jeff Jarrett says, look, I can put on something massive. I have a contract agreement. I have this. I'm not going to get into all those details. That's not my story to tell. That is Jeff Jarrett's story to tell. But Flips started producing TV through your Samsung devices, through your video game TVs, through your Apple TVs. It started to be everywhere. It was an app. And then the app, what made the app so beautiful because you didn't have to sideload. And if you don't know what sideloading an app is, it means you're adding an app that doesn't belong to your device to play television and pay-per-view. You had to just pay for it within the app. That's just how it worked. It was on Blu-ray players. It was on media boxes. It was on all types of systems. And it was streamed directly from a cloud. 
without siloing the fucking app. And I was aware of this company for a long fucking time. Just like when Tidal was a Swiss company that Jay-Z purchased. And I was telling people, hey, that company he just purchased got world licenses. Title's about to become a fucking problem. Y'all need to watch out now. And I got laughed at and told you don't know what you're talking about. And like most motherfuckers in the music game, them niggas ain't have a clue on what was about to happen and how sharing music was about to change again. And everybody, and only the people who were close to me who had the chicken, the cast, the cheddar, to move it along understood the importance of title. And if I'm right, you see a lot of people just recently caught a big payout through title. Do you know at one point in the Amazon store, Flips was one of the most popular apps because of what it was bringing? That's back in 2013. It was one of the first apps to have millions of downloaders and active users. That's going into 2014. See, this is a wrestling podcast, but this is an education podcast of seeing the future of the business of wrestling. And the reason why you guys don't understand the state of wrestling today, you motherfuckers keep looking at the ratings when the ratings don't mean nothing no more. The ratings is an analog system, a placeholder system. It's about social media uses, ads, tags, hashtags, being the largest search, research, WWE got a billion views. You wish some of your Twitter accounts can get a billion billion views. WWE is proving to companies just off of social media how large they are. This is why they give them billions. But you don't understand because some of your favorite wrestlers got fired. Now let me take it back to Jeff motherfucking Jarrett. Now, Jeff Jarrett is approached by the people over at New Japan. They said, we need to do something because if we do not do something, it's going to be very hard for us to get into the next generation of professional wrestling. See, 2015 is very important for professional wrestling. It's when all of the companies started adapting social media and realized ratings are just ratings. And realized that people were not going to watch their wrestling on their television screens no more, but they was going to watch it in their five and a half to six and a half inch devices, their iPad Pros and their iPad Minis and their iPhones and their Androids and whatever they can have and they get their hand on. That most people were going to ditch traditional television records. It was too late. New Japan could not break into that motherfucking market. And then Flips makes an agreement. We'll play your wrestling show. We will play your first ever pay-per-view. If you tell me they had a pay-per-view before January 1st, 2015, I'm going to say, you know what, you're right, and I'm going to know that you know nothing, and you should never talk to me about the business of wrestling before. And through Global Force Wrestling... New Japan Pro Wrestling has their first pay-per-view ever since the beginning, since its creation, since Anoki, 
since Hogan winning the first ever IWGP championship. You know, January 4th, 2015 at the Tokyo Dome with an attendance record of 36,000 people because they can no more, they cannot fit no more than that. Don't get it twisted. It's not a big building, but it's big enough for the Japanese market market. And then something different happens. See, Jim Corn Jim Ross might have done wrong by Jeff Jarrett in the past, but Jeff Jarrett does right by Jim Ross. And Jim Ross and Matt Stryker become the first ever English commentators for this show. History is being made. The referees are handpicked by Jeff Jarrett. The ring announcers are handpicked by Jeff Jarrett. The card is booked by Jeff fucking Jarrett. This event was Global Force Wrestling's first American pay-per-view event. Wrestle Kingdom 9 belongs to Jeff Jarrett. And when people started hearing Jim Ross and Matt Stryker's name, it changed the face of Japanese wrestling when it came to New Japan. See, your main event wasn't the actual matches. Your main event was having an English announced team. And that English announced team for the first time ever gave us true communication and allowed us to hear the names and understand who's coming down to the ring and get the backstory and not some pseudo fuckboy who thinks he knows Japanese because he understands 10 to 12 words. My girlfriend, I tell you, I got a great friend by the name of Yu Yu, very fluid in Mandarin. I got a lot of people who are fluid in it. Hell, even I know it. But that doesn't mean the average person does. And I'm not talking about the fake wrestling fan who knows a couple of words. You don't speak no fucking Japanese. I walk you into the wrong place and let you make a fool of yourself and I'll lose fucking money. But here's Jeff Jarrett curating New Japan's market taking them to the next level, putting them in a market they couldn't get there on their own. Go back and look at Wrestle Kingdom 9. It is one of the most important cards of all time. 11 matches changes the world. Think about that. AJ Styles versus Tetsuya Naito. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi. Tanahashi versus Okada. That was like us getting Hogan versus John Cena. I'm handing Jeff Jarrett the roses because Jeff Jarrett has set the tone of the business of professional wrestling so big that it changed the way WWE was going to do business, whether you realize it or not. And when you get WWE's attention, there's a problem. And Jeff Jarrett has mastered the art of getting WWE's attention. Go back to the simulcast. When WWE finally acknowledged that they bought WCW and the world of wrestling was going to change on a global scale, the Monday Night Wars were coming to a motherfucking end. 
And Vince goes, oh, one end is WCW, and the other end there's WWF. And he goes, most, and most importantly, what does Vince do? He could have cut any promo. They could have did any segment. But the business was, Jeff Jarrett is, you do you spell your names with double initials? Well, I got one word for you. You're double G, double O, double N, double E, gone. What a way to open the show. It showed you that uh, everything that was happening in WWE, and everything that was happening in WCW, Vince made it his business to t attack one person and one person only. Oh, that wasn't a shoot, ladies and gentlemen. That wasn't a work. That was corporate business that needed to be done. And that showed Jeff Jarrett that his stock will always be high, i.e. TNA. Think about it. He is the only person who walked in the WWE with a different world title. And I'm not talking about when the ECW guys showed up. He, the, the titles were defended. I'm not talking about when Taz defended, showed up on SmackDown with the, with the, with the, with the uh, ECW championship. Anyhow. I say this to say that when it comes down to the show, when it comes down to Jeff Jarrett, he is very important. And New Japan has the greatest show, has one of their greatest shows, and it hasn't been a great Wrestle Kingdom since Wrestle Kingdom 9. If you don't believe me, I don't give a fuck. That's a fact. Wrestle Kingdom 9 is where it's at. That was the story. That was the foundation. It was so big for that little app called Flips that it ended up becoming Fight TV. For the first time, their pay-per-view, a pay-per-view was able to be in the United States and Canada and broadcast worldwide on the internet through the Flips app. Most of you motherfuckers had to wait for it to be posted on Daily Motion. The reviews were so positive that they said it featured some of the best quality wrestling we had seen at the time. And it also made it also made Cody Obushi and Nakamura match of the year of 2015. So now we sit back and we look at all of this. And the person that we should be celebrating for the success of New Japan, from keeping them from going out of business, which they were weeks away from, was, was, was Jeff fucking Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling. And him and his way and ability to see the future of how wrestling should be presented. But you guys don't know how to do that, right? You guys don't know how to give Jeff Jarrett the roses. You guys try to shit on him on his world titles in the WWE. His, you try to shit on him in his world titles in WCW. 
I don't give a fuck what no one say. I've always liked Jeff Jarrett and I always will. Solid wrestler, great wrestler, great, great wrestling framework. Has a great mind for the business. And not and let's not get it twisted. Jeff Jarrett and his father almost bought WCW. Eric Bischoff wasn't the only person in the standings to buy the company. But it was a hundred million dollar mishap. And you was taking in a debt. It's like buying Netflix. You go buy Netflix and you thought you just came up and you don't realize you now have a $9 million debt. So what do you care? What do you do? Do you really give a fuck? Do you really care about the words that I just laid down on this podcast? Are you willing to give Jeff Jarrett his respect? Are you willing to give Jeff Jarrett the fact that he may not be a McMahon? He may not be a Crockett. He may not be a Ted Turner. But if it had to go down on the greatest promoters in the history of professional wrestling, there are only four names that can go on that Rushmore of wrestling when it comes to promoters, not wrestlers, promoters. Vince McMahon. Ted Turner, Eric Bischoff, and believe it or not, Jeff fucking Jarrett. And here's a little bonus piece of information for you fuckboys who don't really get it. Jeff Jarrett goes and hollers at a company on ITV called World of Sports, and he was getting the money together and everything together to put World of Sports back up and running. And the WWE goes, oh no, he changed, he, here he is, he did this shit with the NWA and the TNA thing. He did this shit with Global Force Wrestling and New Japan. Jesus fucking Christ, we can't have him beat us to the race again with ITV and such and such. And then guess what happens next, ladies and gentlemen? WWE fast tracks NXT UK and gets it rolling and steals the person that they needed to run the ITV deal and pushes Jeff Jarrett out the fucking way. So World of Sports was going to get off the ground because Jeff Jarrett was behind it 110%. And Triple H and Vince McMahon could not have Jeff Jarrett up Scaled them again. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Jeff Jarrett, one of the greatest promoters that should be recognized and is definitely on the Mount Rushmore in the world, in the business of professional wrestling. Give that man his fucking roses. My name is Dietrich Davis. And you just listened to the Wrestlers with Experience podcast. Thank you.